0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand, get your hand up real, real high so we can get the Word of God in your hand. One of my favorite sayings is, you get into the Word of God, will get into you. So I believe it's that significant to get into the Word of God and let, let the Word of God be the blueprint of your life. Especially the times we live in once you got a Bible go with me to the book of Psalms the hundred and third psalm And we've been here. I think this probably our sixth week and we'll keep going here until we think we're at a place of quitting But we begin Psalms 103 verse 1 King David said bless the Lord. O my soul And all that is within me. I will bless his holy name bless the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits Now, we've talked about this several weeks on these benefits. God has benefits for us. The very first one was he forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, and he redeems your life from destruction. Now, we talked about this last week. The word redeem means that he's repurchased us. he's, He's bought us out. He's ransomed us. And it said he's redeemed my life or your life And you may highlight that in your Bible. He's redeemed your life from destruction. Now, right there, it tells me that my life and your life does not have to be identified with destruction or by destruction. And so your life may right now have been identified by destruction. It didn't have to be that way. And so when I think about destruction, I think about sometimes that when you see a tornado go through a city... You kind of see the path or the swath it takes of destruction. Well, I don't bet you. I'm, I'm grateful that our God says, I've redeemed you from destruction. So we're going to talk about that. To help you, go with me to Colossians 1 in the New Testament. We'll go to Colossians 1, and then we'll go to Galatians 3. If you are a note taker or you're trying to follow me, Colossians 1 and then Galatians chapter 3. Now, as you turn to Colossians 1, I'll begin in verse 12, but verses 12, 13, and 14, these were one of the the three major verses that I stood on in my life in areas of destruction that I walked in. I, I literally let these words begin to identify and shape me. And so I want you to see this truth right here. Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father a joyful gratitude who has qualified us, Now, that word qualified there primarily means to make content or sufficient. But secondarily, it means to entitle, it means to enable, and it means to authorize. So, he has qualified us to be partakers or to share of the inheritance of the saints in light. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you have an inheritance. And I think our benefits are the same as an inheritance. So when I think about an inheritance, an inheritance doesn't benefit me unless one, I know that I have one, and two, I even know what it is. But it's interesting that he says right here, I, I've given you or or made you partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Who's the saints? The saints are people that are born again that are believers. So he says here, I've qualified you with this inheritance because you're a saint. And he ends this, the saints in the light, or better stated, to his people who live in the light. Now let me ask you a question. Do you live in the light? See, I may know about the light, but do I actually live in the light? Verse 13. He has, past tense, he has delivered us from the power of destruction. Or better yet, he's delivered us from the power of darkness. Now that's a great statement right there for each one of us. He's rescued us completely from the power of darkness. I don't care what the darkness is in your life, he's delivered you from it. You don't have to raise your hand, but is there darkness in your life right now? So in my life, I stood on that right there. I said, Lord, I I thank you according to your word. You have delivered me from the power of darkness. And I knew he wrote that toward, toward me because I'm a saint, Not because of anything I've done good, but because Jesus is Lord of my life. And so he's delivered you and me from the power of darkness. And not only has he delivered us from the power of darkness, he's conveyed us or he's transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Better stated, he's transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Do you know what happened here? You got deported. In a good way. You left one kingdom for another kingdom. How did you do that? By a prayer or a simple confession of your sins. And a simple confession that Jesus is Lord of my life. And when you did that you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light right here. There's one little amen. I'm going to tell you a secret here. When you did that, when Jesus became Lord of your life, you stepped into a war zone. And I don't say that to put fear in you. I just say that, that you need to be aware of that. 1 Timothy 6, 12, the Apostle Paul said, we fight the good fight of faith. You're in a fight, whether you like it or not. But in Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against What? Uh, spiritual wickedness in high places all the demons all the devils so I'm in a fight you're in a fight but it's not a physical fight it's a spiritual fight and to win a spiritual battle you got to know what your spiritual weapons are but he transferred us into the kingdom of light now pay real close attention to the wording in verse 14 in whom in whom Anytime you're studying your Bible and you see those little phrases, in him or in whom, mark those, okay? Because those are things that are written to me and you from the Lord. And the reason I say to mark those is the Bible is telling us you can be what the Bible says you can be. You can have what the Bible says you can have. And you can do what the Bible says you can do. So in this he says, in whom we are have redemption we have been repurchased and how were you repurchased through his blood and even the forgiveness of sins wow I thought you may shout on that one so what you see in this little passage here is not only a benefit but part of your inheritance and part of your benefit in your inheritance, not only did he transfer you out of one kingdom into another, but he said, I've delivered you from the power of destruction. Better stated, I've delivered you from the power of, of darkness. What a blessing. I don't have to be dominated by darkness anymore. Now to understand this a little more, go with me to Galatians 3. Right back to your left. Galatians chapter 3. We will begin once you get there in verse 13, Galatians 3, verse 13. Saying here, this is the Apostle Paul, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now you may mark that he, he has. He's already done it. He has redeemed us, he has repurchased us from the curse of the law. If you really are a, a digger in the Word of God, which I encourage you to be, If you were to study the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, the first 14 verses talk about the blessing. I like the blessing. And it'll say phrases like this. He's blessed you to be the head, not the tail, to be above and not beneath, to go over and not under. But when you get into the same chapter, Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 through roughly verse 63, you see the curse but it's interesting right here. He said, He's redeemed you from the curse of the law. Literally stated, the curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and death or eternal damnation. And he said, He's delivered you from that. He's rescued me from that. He's, he's redeemed me from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. I would venture to say that that's every one of us in here. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, okay? But he said that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. If you want to study the blessings of Abraham, that's all Genesis 12. He, he's blessed me. He's multiplied me. He's, he's made my name great. He's blessed me to be a blessing. And every one of those, he said, these are for me and you. And how does that happen? To those who are in Christ Jesus. How do you get in Christ Jesus? You got to ask him to come into your heart. And, and you get born again right here. So the, the, the blessings right here. And I've been redeemed from the curse. So how did all this take place? How did we fall under a curse as mankind? Well. If you went all the way back to Genesis 3 in the beginning, this is what is called the fall of mankind. And remember, that had to do with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, when they got over into sin and disobedience, it caused the curse to, call, uh, to fall on humanity. And what you see biblically, that the curse began to march steadily right through history. Over and over. So literally what happened here, when Adam and Eve got into disobedience, they unplugged from the source of life. We unplugged from our Heavenly Father. So how do you get plugged back in? You must remember what the Lord said to to Nicodemus in John 3. He said, you must be born again. You must be born again. And remember Nicodemus said, how can I enter my mother's womb? And he said, no, no, no. I'm not talking about physically born again. I'm talking about you get spiritually born again. So when I plug back into my very source, I plug back into what God, he he initially created me to be. Every one of us. So I got to get born again. Now go with me to the book of Daniel chapter two. Daniel chapters 2 and in this passage here and you may say where's Daniel at he's going to be Isaiah then Jeremiah then Ezekiel and then you'll come into Daniel Daniel chapter 2 what I'm going to discuss now is how we've been redeemed from destruction and you'll begin to see this in the scripture and I want you to understand just, just as Daniel was redeemed from destruction so are me Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. Now, in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, who's Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar was an ungodly Babylonian king. He was a Chaldean. He was a very feared king, but very ungodly. And so what happens with this guy named Nebuchadnezzar he raids the nation of Israel, and when he does that, he takes captive a bunch of the, the young men that were full of wisdom, and he goes after a lot of their beautiful women. I'm gonna keep filling the blank here with you. So he goes on to say in verse 1 Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. I believe God still operates in dreams. But in this sense, Nebuchadnezzar's dreams are so bad that he's not sleeping. So what I find in this thing called life, you either turn to one or two sources. You either turn to God, or you turn to the things of the world. Watch real close what Nebuchadnezzar turns to. Then the king king gave the command to all the magicians, which are better stated as distractions or distractors. Astrologer, astrologers, they predict the future. Sorcerers that are in contact with the supernatural. And then he even lists the Chaldeans who were idol worshipers, but they were also violent people and they were very destructive. Now, he looked to all these forces that we would call part of the occult. Let me give you a little insight on that, Okay. Don't get involved with the cult in any way. Stay away from it. Run from it. Do you know, I know Christians that believe more in what their fortune cookie says than what the Word of God says. Don't do that, okay? Let me give you a little hint on that. God didn't write that fortune cookie, okay? Some man wrote that, all right? me highlight this just a little bit. The occult forces here that he turned to, they were no match for God's spirit. These are counterfeit spirits, okay? That's all they are. And understand this, that as, as we move toward the second coming of Jesus, their influence is going to get stronger and stronger. But don't look to that, okay? Look to God, so what happens here, to paraphrase, God has given this guy named Daniel the abilities to interpret dreams. Do you know other people still do that? So what he does, he, inter- he interprets this dream, and because he does, his influence with the king just skyrockets. Now here's a thought for you with influence. You're either influencing or you're being influenced. One of the two, okay? And so this guy named Daniel says, I'm going to influence and I'm going to influence for the kingdom of God. So he's moving rapidly in this life to favor with this king. Now turn over to chapter 6 of Daniel. Chapter 6. And I start in verse 3. Then this Daniel He distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps or the officials. Now I want you to highlight that. He distinguished himself. He was different. How was he different? Because an excellent spirit was within him. I'm going to flop those words instead of excellent spirit. Let's say a spirit of excellence. You know what a spirit of excellence does? It does what's right even when no one's watching. It does what's right when everybody else is doing what's wrong. And, and a spirit of excellence is what I believe needs to happen to every one of us. That I do what's right in the sight of God, whether it's in my work ethic and whether it's within my actions. Do you do things with the spirit of excellence? I'm not a business owner, but if I was a business owner, this is what I would pray. Lord, grace me with a bunch of people that work with the spirit of excellence. Amen. Ooh, Pastor, that'd be a great thought. That'd be a great thought. When people show up to work for me, that they, they work hard. And, and, and here's the key to living with the spirit of excellence, I believe. When you get this on the inside of you, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. When I do things as unto the Lord, it changes me. I, I want to please him. When you do it as unto the Lord, you don't cut corners. You don't lie. You don't cheat on your, your, your time stamp or your, your time sheet. Well, what would happen with the spirit of excellence? And so he distinguished himself with the spirit of excellence. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So you know what the king says? Because the spirit of excellence is upon him, I want to bless him, I want to promote him. And how many people in our society say, I want to be blessed, I want to be promoted, but are we willing to do what Daniel did to get promoted? Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much, but if you're not faithful with little... Why would you even be expected to be uh, trusted with much? Dang, he's preaching well today. Got to keep this guy around a little longer. Thank you for that encouragement. So the governors of the satraps sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They don't like that this little Hebrew boy is getting promoted. They are jealous, they are envy, and they are full of fear. Goes on to say here. They sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or faults or fault because he was faithful. In my Bible, I took a yellow highlight and I marked the word faithful. He was loyal, he was responsible, he was completely trustworthy, he was unshakable in his consecration to God. He was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So you know what they say here? Let's attack Daniel's relationship with God. We can't get him on his work ethic, but we sure can get him with his characteristics of how he serves God. That could be a point of vulnerability to him. So let's go after how he serves God. So what these knuckleheads do, and that's not in the Bible knuckleheads, but that's what it is. They make this decree, and they say it. If anyone serves any other man or any other God besides this king for the next 30 days, we're going to toss him in the den with the lions. Now, many times when we read this story, whoo, they get thrown in the lion's den. It's easy to just kind of blow past that he gets thrown in the lion's den. But you know, I did a study on the lion's den. And I'm telling you, it, it, it messed with my heart in a way. It moved me. So what would take place in these lions, and they would put these lions in there. They wouldn't feed them for days. And then when someone messed up and they didn't like them, they would toss them in there. And in a form of entertainment, they would watch those lions maul them. They say it's one of the most graphic deaths anyone could ever witness. Just think about that a second. Do you know what the lion's den says? It says destruction in a crazy manner. The lion's den. You know in 1 Peter 5.8 it says be sober, alert, be vigilant, ready to go. Why? Your adversary. Your opponent, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil's not your friend, okay? Let me help you with that. The devil hates your guts. He wants to devour you, okay? So Daniel, he knows this decree has been signed. Let me ask you something. What would you do if that decree was signed? Would you say, "Ah, I'm going to be faithless to God just to save my life? What would you do? Verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open. Wait, wait, wait. He goes home. And he opens the window. So you know what I see here? Daniel's not this stay in the closet Christian. Would anybody even know you were a Christian? And so he knows the the decree's been signed. So he goes up and opens the windows toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day. He prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Oh my goodness. He didn't allow their pressure to cause him to compromise. He said, you know what? I would rather die serving my God than compromise and be popular with man. So I read this again. I put myself in the store and I think, what would I do? What would you do? I mean, we we think being pressured in this world is when I get caught in five o'clock traffic. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Let me ask you something. How many of you have ever been threatened with your life if you serve Jesus? That's you. Raise your hand. I want to see your hand. There's one way back there. I never have. I've never been told if you preach in the name of Jesus, I've never been told if you get on your knees and pray and give God's thanks, we're going to toss your little skinny rear right into the lion's den. And so I look what he did there and I think this this guy's a man of God. This guy is what I call an all in Christian. And so, when we read this, if we don't know how the story ends, we think, whoo, it ended great. God came and rescued him right there. No, that's not what happened. To the lion's den we go. Verse 19, same chapter. Then the king arose very early in the morning. And he went in haste to the den of lions. You know why? Because he realized all those knuckleheads had deceived him. They had lied to him and set him up. So he gets up the next morning and it says he runs in haste. I mean, he's running, he's running. He's in a hurry. And, and so watch this in verse 20. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting anguish in an anxious voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel! Daniel! Servant of the living God. Now I highlight this because this ungodly king says, servant of the living God. How did he know he was a servant of the living? He saw what he did. He wouldn't bow under pressure. Servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Verse 21. Then Daniel said to the king, oh, king, live forever. You know what my paraphrased edition of verse 21 is? Oh, king, lighten up. No worries. I'm faithful to God, and when I'm faithful to God, God will be faithful to me. And you know what I wonder when I read verse 21? I wonder off on the inside if Daniel didn't know. My God still redeems from destruction. My God still takes care of us. Verse 22. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. Do you know in my Bible, I'm marked really good. My God, my God, that's, that's my God. When the going gets tough, my God comes through. When has impossible ever been too hard on you? The faithfulness of a living God, who when I read this right here, his protection will transcend anything that tries to rise against us when we just live for God turn with me to Matthew 7 Matthew 7 this is toward the end of uh, the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 5 Matthew 6 and Matthew 7 if you're a Bible scholar those are good ones to read in the Sermon on the Mount Incredible passages Matthew 7 verse 13 Enter by the narrow gate. Okay, When we talk about gate here, I'm going to use the word road. Enter by the narrow road. Better stated that the the only way we enter God's kingdom is by the narrow road. I like to reference the narrow road as a one-way street. And when you think about the one-way street, the Lord Jesus said in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, not a way. I am the way. So the way on this narrow road is a one-way street. We were down in Juarez one time, and I I was going to pick up some parts for an air conditioning unit, and so... To get me there, they, they put this translator, not a translator, a, a local there up front with me. So he's riding with me in the van. Well, the problem is, his English was about as good as my Spanish. That's a recipe for disaster, okay? So I'm going along there, and I'm moving pretty good. And I look over there, and he's got his hands on the dash. I mean, he's braced. He's, he, he's got terror all over him. He's freaking out. He's looking like... And so one of the guys from the church in the back seat said, Pastor, you know why he's doing that, don't you? And I said, No. And he said, You're going the wrong way on a one way street. <laughs> so you hit the brakes and turned around and did, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Forward. Forward. Loose the angels. The one way street. Keep reading. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way. Another road. Wide and broad. And not only is it wide and broad, it's got this massive exit ramp. Watch what scripture says. Now, not only scripture, this is the Lord Jesus. For the gate is wide and broad, but it's the road that leads to... Destruction. And not only does it lead to destruction, there are many who go in by it. So guess what he just told me? It's very popular. Verse 14. Because narrow is the gate or narrow is the road and difficult is the way that leads to life. Difficult. Difficult confined, pressured. It's not difficult to get born again. You say a prayer of faith and say, thank you, Lord, come into my heart, forgive me of my sin. So what's difficult? To live a life consecrated to God like Daniel did. A life that says, I'm I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. You know they say in the United States of America, let me highlight that again. In the United States of America right now, they say one out of every ten is a Christian. That's in America. Difficult. But look what he says here about this road. It's the way which leads to life. And there are only a few who find it. I want to live for you, Lord. Do you know the only one chooses what road you're on is you? It's not always going to be popular. It's not always going to be easy. But, whoo, it is the road that leads to life. always interesting to me when I see people who've lived for Jesus the majority of their life why because they've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and I can tell you personally from being a person that at one time in my life I was on the road to destruction I didn't like that road I realized this isn't good But something happens when we get on this narrow road. With Daniel, just like me and you, never undervalue obedience. I'm going to obey you, Lord. Grace me. I'm going to have you stand up right there where you're at. See, the decisions and the choices you make today Determine the story you tell tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Grace my decisions today. Why don't you bow your head right there with me, and I back up to a couple of things. Number one, what the Lord said to Nicodemus, He said, "You got to be born again." You know that. Jesus desires to be Lord of your life, but you have to make that decision. And if you're here today and you say, I I don't know, well, I I welcome you right now to say, I'm going to get out of where I'm sitting. I'm going to come down there. I'm I'm going to give my heart to Jesus today. But you know what? Here's another invitation for you. If you've unplugged from Jesus from that source, He welcomes you back today. He welcomes you back. I welcome you and come forward right now. But what would happen today if we welcome God's benefits and his inheritance and say, Father God, I thank you. I, I welcome the God who's delivered me from the power of darkness. What would happen if we asked God to grace us today to say, Lord, I, I want to live loyal to you. I want to live committed to you. I don't want to compromise. What would happen if we asked God today to say, Lord, grace me to live with the spirit of excellence. Grace me to stay on this narrow road. Grace me not to get off. Grace me not to be influenced by the things of this world that are, are trying to shape us and identify us. See, again, we want the things that Daniel had. We just don't want to do what he did to get them. Do you know every sacrifice is based on preference? Oh, Lord, I welcome you today. We're going to have our team play right now. If there's any of those things that I mentioned, whether it's loyalty, committed, spirit of excellence, the narrow road, Father God, I welcome you to deliver me from the power of to, to, to be redeemed from destruction. If your life has been identified to this point by destruction, I welcome you to come down here. I welcome the blood of the lamb in your life. If that's you, I welcome you to come down here to say, I need God today. I I, want to be a history maker. I want to make a difference in this world. Go ahead, God. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.